It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 94 WIP FM HD1 Philadelphia. From the Tasty Cake Studios, this is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. It is a gorgeous Saturday evening, dusk into evening, I'm more or less, I should say, here on Sports Radio 94 WIP, BGN Radio. John Barcher, James Seltzer here with you until 6 o'clock. We hope the barbecue is on. We hope you're cracking a few beers. And yes, we are going to stick to the Eagles uh, this week, even though, I mean, <laughs> if you're really feeding for anything else, we'll definitely take calls on that. But we got to stay on brand this weekend. I don't, I don't think anybody else is trading anything else. Uh, as we're happening uh, right now, James. Good use of dusk in the open there, by yeah. the way. Dusk is a word that people do not use enough. It is on the, on the uh, you know, about to be dusk right now. All Very- the national parks say, eh? you know, you're it's from, work. you know, sunrise to dusk it's or whatever. Good, it's good work. It's good work. Let's bring it back. Yeah. A uh, couple of things, though. On the BGNradio.com, uh, this week, we finally hit the podcast itself in its lifetime. Hit three million listeners. There it is. We did it. It uh, took about, what, three and a half years and we hit it. Thank you to everybody out there. You guys all rock and rule. Please uh, rate, subscribe, and review over at BGN underscore radio. And uh, please tweet at us throughout the show as well because we'll get into some Eagles stuff. We're going to have some fun hypotheticals dealing with the NFL. But there is some NFL news that did come around this week, which uh, got us into a really big discussion. Derek Carr, $25 million over five years. 
per and year. Per year. Yeah, 25 yeah. over 5 would 25 be a pretty over, darn yeah. good that's, deal. That's <laughs> cheaper than I think like every Nick Foles money yeah, right yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 25 a year for the next five years. Uh, and, you know, whatever. Everybody's talking about the getting real nerdy and talking about the backloaded contracts. And when that goes into Las Vegas, they don't have to pay any taxes and all that stuff or it's alleviated. I'm not worried about that. I want to know where the quarterback market is going to go when Carson Wentz in 2020 signs that new deal. What is that going to cost? <laughs> you know, I, I, is the quarterback market ever going to reset itself? I don't think it's ever going to reset, but is there ever going to be a, a ceiling Plateau, where it goes? As it were. Okay, that's enough. And we asked this on the podcast. So I want to ask this to you, James. Will we ever see a $30 million a year quarterback? Yes. When is it going to happen? I, is it going to happen before it gets I there? Think it's, no, I think I think it's probably like a class or two after Wentz, like 2022 or so. I, it's a great question, though, because you figure, you know, at some point it has to level out, right? You, you think at least everything at some point will level out. Um, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon, John, as, as just the way it's kind of been growing, the way the NFL doesn't seem to be slowing down. There was that minor blip last year. Everyone's like, the ratings, oh my God. Well, that's good. Like, well, here's the end of football. Everybody's waiting it's for the end of football. ending now. Mark Cuban is dying to go. See, I told you. I told you it was a fat pig. Yeah. So not so much. Didn't happen as much. And uh, so I think it's going to keep going up for a little bit. But I do think at some point that bubble will burst. Uh, but look, it's just it's really it's getting to the question where it's like, at what point do you look at how you have to build the rest of the team. We always talk to, to, for the Seattle team before they re-sign Wilson, how much of a gigantic advantage it was to have Wilson on that rookie contract. Absolutely. That, so, Keep all those guys there. Yeah. So at some point, we I think there's going to be a discussion of, you know what? All right. Yeah, the quarterback is clearly the most important position in the sport. But if you're paying that guy 32, 33, whatever million dollars a year, like can you actually build a team around that guy? I think is going to be kind of the next issue that 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 this kind of – situation is going to have to face because here's the other thing i think of okay your market's at 30 million now i'm not saying that like oh carson wentz will automatically be worth that amount but let's say he's close to it let's say he's let's say he's to 25 27 28 million dollars somewhere around there and they're not even the ones going to set the market so him and dak unless jared Goff gets a second contract too but let's be honest folks that's not gonna happen (laughs) Uh, <laughs> oh, I love it. If so it's going to be, a, out, be a very reduced rate. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but I also think that when you have guys like Winston and Mariota, mm-hmm. who are going to be there the year before, sure, uh, that'll probably end up setting whatever their contracts are going to be if they kind of have a, a similar consistent rise in there. I think they both showed flashes in their first year, and so far they've been continuing on. Minus the injury for Mariota. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, hopefully there is, that's the same trend for both franchises and both fan bases when it is with Dak and Wentz. And unfortunately, they don't have the same cool rivalry that we're going to have for hopefully a a very long time here. But I. Wait, hold on. Hold on. You're saying the Bucks and Titans don't have a cool rivalry? I'm saying I wish they did. I'm saying I wish they did. That would make them very cool. All time rivalry right there. What a snoozer that would be. It's like the two <laughs> least interesting franchises you could possibly have in a rivalry. Exotic Smash Mouth versus one of the worst front office fan bases in the world on Monday Night Football. Oh, man. Uh, it. Yeah, it would be terrible. But I, I, I'm starting to think, okay, well, are those quarterbacks going to be great? You know, are who replaces Brady? 
Who replaces Ben? Who replaces yeah, right, all like, those? Like, no one replaces Brady. I think we have to preface that. Like, right, so I'm saying. Most likely, but who replaces the greats? I, I agree with you. It's a very interesting discussion. So does f- football go, okay, let's go back to the 70s and 80s a little bit. Let's just hand it off to somebody. 385 times for 86 yards a game and just go that route until we can find that next great quarterback that's going to come around. Because as much as I want to believe that, like, oh, the NFL's not going to, it's a passing league, it's always going to stay a passing league, but the trend of running backs are starting to change a little bit. Uh, Even, I would say, there is a little bit of credence to some of the guys that are just specifically in a spread offense or if you want to be on that side of the argument, fine, or if you want to say that the the guys that are coaching them in the NCAA right now don't really give them the greatest tools. It's just like, let's just do this thing in the offense because I know it works against these 17 or 18, 19 year old kids. And that's how we're going to win national championships. At some point, I do think that the the quarterback market's going to go, okay, all right, we're kind of done here. And almost, and I hate to say it. I think that's what the Browns have recognized a little bit and said, we're not going to spend all those resources on anything. And we're just going to kind of do all this different stuff and see if it works. So, again, it's that love-hate thing with the Browns. I still want to say F you because, like, <laughs> oh, you passed on once in your head. Same time, I still like their approach because it's different. It's a different way of, of coming together with the, with a football team. Yeah, yeah no, I like, I like different, too. I like the attempt to be innovative even if it doesn't work out. I think that's why. And look. We were all wrong, but why a lot of us were in on Chip Kelly was. Oh, I'm the, still, I'm still, I'm not, I'm dying on that hill. I don't care if he's just an ESPN commentator. If people can root about Tim Tebow for the next nine years and tell me that he was going to be a great NFL guy, I'm still a Chip Kelly guy. All right. Uh, regardless, um, I, I think that's the reason we were all in the innovation, the, the different approach to something that seemed to be stale. Um, and I think, I think you bring up a really interesting, good point about the college stuff because. Um, I, I thought about that a lot with Wentz, and I thought maybe one of the reasons Wentz did so like seem ready as a rookie more than we expect him to was because of that pro system in college, because of that coach who seems like a really good coach, even though it's a smaller school, at preparing these guys for the NFL, understanding the rigors of the NFL, all that type of stuff. So I think uh, it's going to be a question of does that happen in the NFL or in college do we start to see the top quarterback prospects going to schools with pro style systems. Do we start to see, you know, I'm not going to, you know, whatever Texas tech, or I'm not going to this or that or whatever, because they they don't get me ready for the NFL. I need to go somewhere where I'm going to get, you know, like Bill O'Brien kind of tried to do. And obviously Christian Hackenberg, look, he got Christian Hackenberg to the second round. That's true. Yeah. But it still doesn't change the play. Agree. Agree. So I I think it's a very interesting kind of conundrum. And I think that obviously how much success Dallas had with Ezekiel Elliott, the fact we just saw two running backs go in the top 10 this past year. I think we're starting to maybe see a bit of a shift and everything cyclical and all that, but I don't know if it's going to be as, as sharp a change. At, like, I don't think it's going to be back to like Jim Brown and, and you know, no, just not, not that far. rock and whatever. I think, I think passing has evolved to the point where, and it's such a huge part of the game today. And, and also really the rules do favor passing the football. I mean, like just the actual way you play the game does favor throwing the football. So I think that all of that passing is going to be prevalent, but I think we're going to see maybe more of a shift like 54, 36, 53, 47 for yeah. teams and whatnot, where you start to see the, the running the football really become a lot kind of a, a, a re uh, what's the word? A renaissance. Of, yeah. Of, of that. Of and maybe, and as running I, game even as I make fun of the exotic smash mouth or whatever they yeah, call it, it successful, down there. Right? but I mean, it's kind of working a little bit. It's, yeah. it's tweaked in that little hybrid form. And it's also interesting. 
to note that when we talk about running football versus passing it, it's a passing league. Yet, like we always come up with the conversations, like, "Oh, well, you just ha- can't have your quarterback throw the more thirty times a game." It's like, <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about then? Then that's not that's not a passing league. That's not. And a Dak Prescott's a perfect example of that. You don't have to do that. Yep. That's what I'm saying. You have a. If a stud, you know, offensive line, you got a, a a great running back as much as we don't want to admit it in this town. And trust me, it pisses me off every time I have to, it comes out of my mouth. It tastes like vinegar and salt. And well, actually, vinegar and salt could be delicious. So <laughs> uh, just, just come up with something else there. But yeah, I, I think it is, it, it, it's an interesting kind of way that all this is going to shake out. Because I also think with the fact that Kirk Cousins doesn't have a signed contract yet for this extension, and you start to think of that, too. It's just like, man, how, how are you going to build a team around a guy that it takes 17, 18, 19, and, and maybe even in some cases 20% of your cap room, regardless that it goes up $10, 11000000 million you know, per year. At some point, they're going to go, oops, sorry, we can't do that this year. Yeah, well, look, right. That, that, I mean, that's gonna yeah, that has that, to that's, stop that's, just even if it's for one year. Yeah, yeah. At, that's my point. I think it's at a certain point it's gonna get to where it's like we. This is a great quarterback. He's obviously the most important part of our team, but like we can't put enough guys around him. I mean, we just watched this Eagles team last year with a quarterback on a four million dollar contract or whatever it is with Carson Wentz barely be under the cap and find yeah. a way to field the worst receiving core in the history of the sport <laughs> or close. At yeah. least. No, so, is, I mean, it's up there. So, you know, I, I, it's a real conundrum. And then you just mentioned something that's interesting too: the concept of uh, when you were talking about the spread offenses and the quarterbacks, I think there's also an effect on the offensive linemen. I think if we're going to go back to this running style of, of football, you know, that whole thing, you need offensive lines to be good. A lot of these offensive linemen aren't getting prepared for the NFL the same way they used to because of the same issues in college, too. So it's a really fascinating conundrum between both the NFL and college football and how that kind of is going to play out in terms of like getting these kids ready to play the pro sport where it doesn't seem to be the primary objective in college, where in theory, you know, it, you, it maybe it's not always the primary objective, but it's always something that big schools have thought about. It's always a reason that kids have gone there. It's because kids are only going to these big, great programs because they want to play in the NFL someday, right? I mean, that's the whole point. If these programs are going towards schemes and whatever that doesn't fit preparing these kids to go to the NFL, that's a, that's going to be a real issue. Yeah, and I think it's, I don't know. None of them. Say, I mean, there are, it's not like college hasn't also influenced the program. It's also like not, you know, some of those concepts have totally. boiled over and gone into into doing that, and totally. I think people are evolving and not evolving. We all know that people from Alabama are automatically going to get in there and be in in the top one hundred of prospects that get taken almost every single year. They know that's a pro factory coming out of there. But again, it's not necessarily that they are going to going play to well play. once they get there. <laughs> amazing yeah. at that. Yeah, exactly. So especially after getting beat down the way they do. A lot of pe- I mean a lot yeah. of people wonder about that. Are these, you know, Alabama kids seem to break down a lot. Is that because they it's such a rigorous, you know, thing under Saban, then you transfer to the NFL and they just can't stay healthy. So uh we, I guess that's our first question to you guys too is do you think ever that the quarterback play is it good enough to replace the guys that are in the top five right now, I'm not, you know, obviously there's going to be a default top five guys in the NFL, but will they be able to match what the other folks are leaving behind here? And is that going to change the game in the future? Will there be a difference in quarterback money eventually? 888-729-9494, pound 94, 94 on your Verizon and AT&T cell phones. Also, along with that, is the window for the Eagles 
with Carson Wentz rookie contract, is that it? Is that the first major window is is the next two years, basically? Because that's crazy. You're going it. to have to pay him. And again, uh, uh, yes, if he ends up being this awesome franchise quarterback, it'll continue on. But we've also seen what happens when you do have a franchise quarterback who obviously can play. And yes, it's not all excuses for Andrew Luck. There are some of his faults there, but they're definitely not helping him in that in that regard. So is it you are forced these next two years to go, okay, this is what we got to work with. And then the, the you pay Carson Wentz and that huge chunk is gone. I think with Fletcher, with all these guys, I think your best t- shot to win a title with Doug and with every new NFL head coach, every new NFL QB that comes in, your window's five years, maybe four. And if it doesn't happen then, it probably won't happen. Well, uh, and I'm not trying I, to say well, that to be negative. Doug, I agree, but... but I mean, Wentz, I don't think you can say that if Wentz doesn't win a Super Bowl in his first four years, he's probably not going to win. The, the team in general. It's right. not all oh, on Wentz. I got yeah, you. Yeah, I yeah. agree. But I think I think the if Wentz turns out to be close to what we hope, expect, think he can be, then I think the window is as long as Carson Wentz is playing at that level, period. I mean, that's always the window. But I agree. I think I think in four years, win or lose, this team is going to look very different than it does now simply because of the fact that you have to give Carson Wentz that larger percentage of your salary cap. It's going to completely change the way you can build the team around him, and there are going to be guys who are just going to have to go. Granted, there are older – I mean, like Jason Peters won't be on the books by the time that Wentz things happen. Um, you know, there will be other guys like that who you can move on from, but it's uh, it's an interesting conundrum to think about when you think about uh, you know, where they are now, they're already the salary cap stuff that we're dealing with, the guys they want to pay, the guys they have to pay. There's a lot to it, man. Yeah. It's 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 really confusing, too, for the general fan base to understand. Like, you and I, everybody, it's like, I feel like people who are paid to do this still don't fully get every little bit of this oh, salary no, cap. So it's yeah, like, not at all. it is a really, it's a, it's a lot. It's a lot of balls in the air at once and a lot of... A lot of trying to to think about the now while also factoring in all these so many different factors for the future. It's it's tough. And it's also just uh, it puts an importance on what they do kind of leading up to all that. So that's why that's why this draft was so important. It's why the next two are so important because you have to you for the ability to go, okay, we're going to let go of yeah, you have to Malcolm hit. Jenkins. You have to hit on we these guys. Have to stay and like, we you know, Sidney Jones contracts. has to come on yes. and do all that. So yes. by the time and they're still listen, I'm not saying that like, oh, they're gonna be cap strapped and all that. That's that'd be ridiculous for me to say. There's there's a thousand different things that are gonna change over the next yes. three years. Especially in the NFL when most contracts are end up being like a year or two until yeah, exactly. you can get out of the Or you story. can restructure a bunch of stuff or, right. or whatever. But yeah, that's why it's for that window to continue to be open, Sidney Jones has to hit. Russell Douglas has to come out and hit because you. And then if and if they do, then it's a good problem because then you got to pay Wentz and then you got to make a decision the next year and so on and so forth with the next with the next few guys that are coming in with this core. Um, and I don't know if it's ever going to get to the point where Doug and the rest of the. I mean, basically the entire franchise as an organization in the history has never really gone. This is this is our running back, yeah. you know. And I don't think they're ever going to be. So I think you got it. This is this is living and dying right here, man. I mean, this is all this is all Carson. This is there's never going to be a powerhouse running back that I think that some of us really want. I know I definitely wanted something like that. I want. I've been preaching bell cow for since forever. But I don't think the Eagles are ever going to go that route as long as these guys are in charge. And I don't think that I. I you know, there's no reason to panic and just <laughs> shift over to that anyway. 
I just don't see them doing that, and this is all on Carson and wide receivers, and that's the most important thing. Yeah, here. well, and also I think that, that you can get – I mean, like, Blunt, like there are ways to be effective with the running backs without, you know, having an Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, I think the, the Blunt-Sproles combination and mixing Pumphrey in, and, and I know some people like Smallwood. I'm not a huge Smallwood guy, but uh, regardless, I think that, that you can still be effective with that. It's not going to be dominant. It's not going to be bell cow. It's not going to carry your team. But I think there are ways to still be effective without – you know, putting all these resources into that top guy. But I also don't think it means, I think that it's just more, they're looking for versatile guys. I think if like a guy like Barkley, like, and I think that they won't be high enough in the draft next year to get Mm -hmm. Barkley, but if they had a chance to get a guy like Barkley, I think they do it. You know what I mean? So I don't think that I'm not precluding it from happening, but I don't think it's their, their focus is we got to get a running back and build it around that. Here's what I want you to start thinking about James NHL just had their expansion draft. We're going to have a little fun after the break. We're going to protect our 10 guys. We want you to, too. 888-729-9494. Plus, the NFL were to put two expansion teams in the league. Where are you putting them? It's all next on BGN Radio, Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. You know, it's funny. It's how about Andy Reid this week pulling some power moves, like old school Andy Reid power moves. <laughs> we know those moves, Joe. Those were, those were, I was blown away by that. <laughs> That's a, isn't that the most shocking thing that happened, I don't know, last 15 years in the NFL? Well, I mean, here's the thing. Is it, is it more, is it more shocking that the, the Chiefs fired their general manager or was uh, Howie getting the boot more shocking? Oh, I think I think Dorsey getting fired is more shocking. Yeah, I do. Too. I mean, John Dorsey is like about as respected a general manager as there as there is in the league, and has put together like a really good football team there. Yes. Like, I'm 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 floored by it. To be blatant, the ass when I saw it, and and you assume it's just a, another Andy Andy Reid power struggle that Andy wins yet. Andy Reid is like a power struggle champion. That guy <laughs> does not get beaten power struggles, but. Um, yeah, it was shocking. It was cause, especially because it came out of nowhere. I mean, they, they're they're a you know borderline Super Bowl contender, right? Every season, the last few years, uh, definitely a playoff. Sounds familiar. Play, yeah, right. Definitely a playoff <laughs> team, and and then uh, yeah, especially someone so, like the difference. You know, here when this, that stuff happened, I mean, Banner had never done anything else, anything anywhere else. Like he was just Lori's guy, and he did you know a good job here and all that. But I mean, John Dorsey is a, is an NFL veteran. Like that dude has had success in this league. It was it was I was shocked. Uh, I want to I want to stick with this too, and I'm just remembering it is BGN Radio and Sports Radio 94 WIP. I forgot to ask everybody a favor at the top of the show. Oh yeah, uh, we need you wherever you are out there. If you can find them on Facebook, great. On Twitter, it's at GJ Kenny. We have a retirement party set up for GJ Kenny. This is not a joke. We have it all ready to oh, rock and roll. It's not a joke, and we are just waiting for GJ to say, "Okay, I can do it on this day," and then. Everybody will come and we'll have a big retirement slash. For, for those that don't know, G.J. Kenny was uh, announced his retirement. <laughs> yes. And then also got a job at SMU as the offensive line coach or an assistant offensive line coach down there. And just for those few who don't know, G.J. Kenny was a quarterback on the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> he was May number three. never gotten to a game, but he was, he was a great, all-time great quarterback for the Eagles. I won't hear anything less. So we need you to tweet and or Facebook, text, say, hey, BGN Radio and the BGN crew and all of Eagles Nation has a party set up for you. Nice gifts, nice prizes, and everyone, and it's a really nice venue, too. I want to make that clear. It is, we're all gathering at a very nice spot where everyone's going to have a ton of fun. So, tweet, 
text, Facebook, whatever you got to do to G.J. Kenny. Let him know that we got a party set up for him. I think it's funny, going back to the Chiefs thing now, that isn't this Andy going, I have to win a Super Bowl before my time is done? Like, he's getting to that point where it's just like, probably going to think about retirement the next three years or so. And I just want to, and everything that's leading up to this type of move, so Pat Mahomes, that's obviously him. Without oh, a that's doubt. An, that, that is an that Andy move. Andy written all over it. I like him, I love him, and that's what's going to happen throughout the throughout this time here. And then also, I don't think, why, and the reason why they parted ways here, the Macklin thing was definitely not his call. I don't think, in retrospect, at least now, not not the way it went down. I think I don't think that did not feel like Andy Reid to just hey a voicemail, voice, get out. We don't like you. Hey, uh, you're done. Okay, yeah. bye. I, that was I. I agree with you. I think I think if anything that that Andy was mad about that is yeah. my guess. I think he. I think getting deciding to cut Macklin, he might have been involved in that. I think he was involved in that decision. It might not have sure. been his idea, but the way it went down, definitely not Andy. Might have been like the last straw type of thing. Yeah. But yeah. he gets the extension now, and like, isn't this the thing that he said? I'm so much better of a coach. I'm so much better off not having the entire power under my arms, and I can just you know rock and roll and coach. And I like coming up with offensive concepts. Blah, blah, blah. Now it's just like, actually, I really want a Super Bowl. I think every NFL head coach, no matter what happens, like you'll go through that awful you know, through the car wash type of scenario where you're just like you're beaten up from all the, the power struggling and all that. And you just want to coach again. But at the end of the day, this is where it always ends up. The guy wants to be you. And this is, I think it's inevitable for any head coach not to do that. I think at some point, if Doug becomes successful, he's going to want con- entire con- parts of control over his you know, offense over his football team. Yeah, look, I mean, if, uh, if find a head coach who had a lot of success who didn't do it. Like, there, I can't exactly. think of one. You yeah. know, the only organizations where you don't see it happen are organizations like Pittsburgh and Baltimore that have had the same organizational structure for 20, 30 years, whatever it is. The And, and there you don't see it because they can't do it. It's just the way it is. And I think that pretty much every other team in the league, you see it happen and you see it happen consistently. And uh, I think it's kind of a... a a funny thing with this read thing because um, you know they're saying, "Oh, well, we're getting another GM." It's yeah. like, okay, yeah, sure. Which like, one are you getting? Yeah, okay. The stock boy. See, but, it's the guy, the guy yeah. that's running paper up and like, <laughs> do whatever I want at this point. It is freaking July, almost July. Yeah, like this. The, uh, not, I can't remember the last time that's happened in the NFL that a GM has been replaced after OTAs. It doesn't happen. It, it absolutely doesn't happen. So, And that's why I think so many people were so shocked by it. Not just the fact that it was Dorsey who was gone, but also the fact that it happened the time it happened. So, uh, no, I, I I, think that it's going to happen with any coach who gets in that situation. But I, I, I look, what was the Parcells line, right? If you you want to shop, what is it? Making If you're going to make the dinner, you got to buy the groceries, the groceries or whatever. Yeah. yeah, and that's a fair point. I totally get that. But I think we're seeing it. And look, to, to do a little cross-board comparison, I think we see it in the NBA a lot. Like Stan Van Gundy, a perfect example. It, and, and it's just what you talked about, John. It's the idea that Andy Reid's like, I got to win a Super Bowl. I'm better at this. I, this is my team. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to win a Super Bowl. And I think that that ego, all that type, type of stuff is ultimately ends up being a lot of these guys' downfalls because they are so focused on winning, on winning now, on building a team to win right now because I have to win a Super Bowl or I have to keep my job in certain cases. Like that, the, the coaching part kind of falls secondary to the GM part. And that's not the part that they're generally good at. So ultimately it ends up, you know, you don't win the now most of the time and it ends up killing the future. So it's, I I think it's a bad spot to be in. Secondly, out of all this, 
Jeremy Macklin flutter er, positivity starts starts again. You notice that it's the second time that's happened. So when he they didn't re-sign him here with Chip, it became a big thing. That's when all the emotional intelligence crap started coming around here, and it was like, oh well, he didn't care about me enough, and he didn't call me. So that's why I went to the Chiefs, because they're more caring. Well, obviously they're not now, whoever it was. So that's the first thing I noticed. Now, was that now, Kermit the Frog? Oh, yeah, gonna... it might have been. Might have, every time I'll criticize somebody, maybe it'll just be the Kermit voice from now on. I like I, it. I enjoy it. I'm a big fan. Uh, so I think, and then, and then now, like positive Macklin things happened after all of this is done. Well, actually, I had a, I had a pulled groin, and that's why I wasn't performing well. That's why I'm still worth the money. Like, get out of here! What are you talking about, man? Like, that's I, I'm so sick of the 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 spin. Every single person, and we use it here in Philadelphia too. Sure, Jordan Matthews. Did you, I, I had this. Vinny Curry had it's a thing. Oh, Zachary's had a thing. Fine. I had a thing. Every yes, everybody has a thing. It's everybody, the NFL. It's, it's, you, it's sports. Yes, and especially the NFL. They're always hurt. All these guys, all this stuff here, there's always bruises and this and that. And, like, we had seen Jason Kelsey a couple years ago. That was a guy who didn't That's do that. That's legitimate. Yeah and, yeah, and he didn't do it. He yes. could have used it. You yes. walk in the locker room Somebody and his, else like, had entire leg was black. And you're just like, well, that doesn't look good. No. But, you know, but he, he sucked it up and, and was like, you know what? I'm not doing a good enough job. And that's what you got to do because when you do this and you come out after the fact, you're like, well, my groin was hurt. It's like nobody believes you and you just look like an ass. That's what it comes down to. You end up looking like a like a, a punk or something. It's just yeah. like it's a bad look. It's like and no one's going to believe you. No one's going to say, oh, well, that was it. That makes perfect sense. Even if it's true, just keep it to yourself and go out and do better this year. Well, how much? I, I know it's. I know it sounds so ridiculous. Even thinking about it, and it's about to come out of my mouth. How much do injuries really affect performance? Unless they're so severe. Well, probably yes, yes, no. It's a good point. I'm sure they shoot guys up. There's all kinds of stuff, but yeah. I think it does affect. But it's 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 all like relative, right? Like it's all like, yeah, my groin's hurting me, but his groin's hurting him. His groin's hurting him. His arms hurting him. His legs He's hurting got him. It's He's like got everybody's hurt. It's the NFL, so uh, it's just not like like you said, unless you're literally like playing on a broken ankle or playing with a torn whatever. Like, and I can't it, believe I'm going to use a kicker as an example, but. Unless you're Cody Parkey, and it literally ripped three oh, groin yeah. muscles, and, that's your, and, then, and it and, can't move. And also, fine. Like I think there are certain injuries specific to certain positions. If you rip your groin as a kicker, guess what? Yeah, that yeah. really <laughs> hinders your ability to do your job. You know, and you, as a receiver if too. You break I your hand yeah. as a receiver. Yeah, you're not going to be as good a receiver. I get it. So I think there's, I think there's a lot of. I think it's specific in certain situations, but on the whole, it, that all these guys coming out when this year is done and saying. I didn't play as well because X was hurt. Sounds like BS. That's it. But the, and it, I don't know. I feel like that has been said about this Eagles football sure. team and a lot of the personnel that's here this year. Sometimes, sometimes guys just stink. Sure. Oh, that's you know, true too. And that's oh, yeah. Well, that's the point, right? It's, like, it's, it's an excuse. It's like no, you just stunk. And I and I'm not saying that Macklin like is worthless, but I I, I think you can gather from like it's not it, the groin didn't stop you from like having half of your catches, right? I mean, I, 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 or half your yards or whatever. And I know he was out for some games too. Like, I, I'm not trying to say that ultimately the, the injury, what, I, I'm just tired of hearing that all of the time. Yeah, he could have come out and said my quarterback stinks. I mean, there's so many reasons why you could have played less well. But regardless, I, I do think at least specifically to Macklin, I think it's pretty clear his best days are behind him. He's still a, a an NFL player, but... 
He's not the guy he used to be. Well, good luck to Andy Reid and Dream Team 2 Electric Boogaloo in Kansas City. And I wonder how much, I wonder how fast that's going to that's kind of teeter over and fans are going to be upset. I tell you what, we're going we're gonna to step away once more just for a quick second. And then we have Get Your Eagles Expansion Draft List Ready. Who would you protect uh, with this squad? We're going to go through 10 names and we're curious if you agree uh, with all 10. 888-729-9494. It's BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. It's BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. John Barcher, James Seltzer. You can follow us along on the Twitter.com at John Barchard at James Seltzer. And uh, on BGN Radio at BGN underscore radio as well. By the way, all of our BGN Radio t-shirts, which you can find at BGNRadio.com in the BGN Radio store. How many times can I fit that in? Uh, are all on sale until Monday. So just $14 tees. Got a lot of good stuff. Wentz Wagons, Wentzylvania, uh, Philly Blunt, all that good stuff that's going along in there. Uh, I don't know. James, you want to... We'll slide in a little NBA. Oh, I think we have to. Right. I mean, I mean, if if the people want to talk NBA, we got to let them it. talk NBA. Let's go to Big E. What's going on, Bid? Hello. Thank you for putting me on the air. Of course, and man. This is a great guy. I have a, a a comment, which is good, and and then I have to ask you a question. May I continue? Absolutely. I love. I'm not a big hoops guy. I, I'm a big college hoops guy. But let's go with uh, the trade with. Um, Boston. I love it. We got number one. Both. I love it. So that's the end with that. I agree. Okay. Let me move to the second, uh, more important thing. A number two pick for Alonzo Ball, I don't think he deserves to be up there. And plus it's L.A. or maybe the Clippers. How much do you think his father and the glamour thing out in Los Angeles has to do with that? I, I mean, I, I don't know. I know that James and Biggie, we appreciate the call. I think there's a lot to that. And I, Listen, he kind of fits in the middle where I do think he's a good, could be a good NBA player. I don't see the transcendent part of his game. Oh, I do. Because I think there's, I think there's way too much sloppiness in his shot. I think there's his shot selections a little weird and, you know, whatever. Yeah. I, I think it's been built up in... I don't really, to be honest with you, I, I did care in the beginning about LeVar and that whole stuff. I, I've and done the, a 180 on LeVar. I, I kind of like LeVar Ball now. I don't even know. I, I think that at the end of the day, uh, there will be a, I, I, he's trying to help his kid. That's, yes. that's all it really is. I get what he's doing. So I'm like, okay, I don't really care about that. He's just being a dad. I think the fact that I couldn't believe that Vegas thought that Lonzo Ball was going to Vegas, be. Vegas thinks. Yeah, Vegas thinks that he's he's the top candidate for being rookie the of the year. He's the favorite. Five to two odds. I believe Fultz uh, was five to one and uh, Simmons three to one. So Simmons, or no, yeah, I think Simmons was second then Fultz third. Um, I think it's really interesting and, and obviously the whole Lonzo thing. I, I do see his transcendence just in the in the vision, the, you know, uh, how infectious his play is, the, the contagious type of, you know, everyone's passing, get the next pass, everyone gets the ball, everyone touches it. But, um, Outside of that, the LeVar thing I find interesting because I, I I was annoyed by him at first, too. I, I don't get the whole, like, people are like, oh, it's disgraceful. Like, I don't really care. I think he's being a father. But I, if you watch the draft and you saw him talking to the draft, like, 
He's kidding. Like, he, it's an oh, act, yeah. everybody. Yeah, it's it act. is 100% shtick. It is an act. He was smiling after everything he said. He couldn't even get it out. Oh, he would like, say something, and then he's like looking back at people and, and, and cracking a smile. It's an act, you know? And he's trying to do the best for his kid. It's like, look, I, 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 I'm much happier to have Mark L. Fultz, don't get me wrong, but I think the LeVar thing has, has kind of been overblown. I don't think he's going to be a problem. Yeah, I, and uh, I don't know. I think he's going to be a problem. Really? How so? I, I don't at all. Be... I, he's got two other kids out there. Listen, he's he wants to be Drake sell... so bad, he's and he's going to be in the city, sell... which will allow him to do it. He's just going to be trying to sell merchandise. He's trying to pump up his kid. Like, nobody's going to pay attention I out think there. That's... There's way too much going on in L.A. for people to care about LeVar Ball. I think that's the cooler part of, of the shtick, though. I think if Lonzo does become, if I'm wrong, and he does become a transcendent player, and he has his own brand coming into the league, it's it makes such a difference for NBA kids coming out right away. Oh, to like, it's, a, it's a game changer. Right, well, let's start setting this thing changer. up. I think that's a great approach as a, as opposed to going to Nike or whoever. If you can brand yourself right away and bet on yourself, I know it's easier just to go. Uh, Nike is going to give me five million dollars to just do that, and there probably will be a lot sure. of guys that will do that. But it's just interesting. I, li- I like you know the guys that kind of go do the, the entrepreneurship side of this. I stuff. agree. It's cool. And then you know what? On top of that, uh, now like, the shoe sucks, and I wouldn't buy. Oh, I would it's never the buy them. Ugliest shoe but, I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> exactly. But on top of that, you know what? Though, like outside all the craziness and all that, like the dude did call his shot. The dude said when his son was a, like before his son was a freshman at UCLA, he said, "My son is going to the Lakers. He's going in the first round." He called his shot, you know. So props. His son was the second pick in the draft Man, what can to you say the to that? team that that he said he was going to go to. You know what? Good for you, Lavar. You win. Would we ever? Ex- I mean, like, man, that's such a uh, sports radio topic. But like, what, if there was like uh, a, a Carson, if Carson Wentz was that way. Or like whatever. If there was some like, I mean, how would we feel right now? What do you mean after if he this was a- year? Like if if there was this Lavar Wentz, type of guy. Can you think of someone less likely to like Carson That'd Wentz? Be such yeah, a weird thing. it's like the most opposite like yeah, type of. I'm uh, you know, shouts to God and uh, everything yeah, else. Exactly. This, is, this is my dad. My boys, the best is Joe Montana. You can you can book it. Yeah, I, I think that would be. Uh, crazy. I don't know how he'd handle it though. Well, I don't know how. Like, and if and if it was just, but actually, it's not that much different because it's not like Lonzo's out here doing a bunch of crazy stuff. Lonzo's I mean, quiet. His, yeah. his his dance moves are terrible. But uh, I I think it, that would be a, a fair comparison. If every you know, how would we feel about that? There would be such a target. I think more of a target on Wentz's back right now. If he had like a is coming off a seven and nine season, going into his second year and. You still have, you know, LeVar Wentz, like, yip-yapping <laughs> all up in there and doing all that stuff, LeVar right? Like, Wentz. We wouldn't tolerate that. We would just say, get rid of this guy. He's over. We wouldn't be we wouldn't be as optimistic as we are right I now. I don't know, because I, cause, cause I think that with the quarterback and it being Wentz, I think we would be. I think that as sports fans, you're able to separate the person and the father, but I do think that we would not be willing to listen to LeVar Wentz spout off. I, I think that would be the difference. I think, I think we'd be talking about it nonstop through. Like, we would, that's all we would talk about in the offseason. LeVar Wentz would be the, because the he would just one keep saying things. You, Titus, don't you think so? The, 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 the Philadelphia audience would not stand for a LeVar Wentz at all right now at this point in his career. I'm just cracking up at the name LeVar Wentz. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the two offices that should never be together. Yeah. But <laughs> No, but I mean, that's the thing that uh, J- uh, James brought up, which is Lonzo is much like Carson. He's a very down-to-earth, well-spoken, you know, 
you know, focus on the task at hand type of guy. And I think if you have a dad like that, the only people that might take that seriously would be, I would say, like other players. Like, for instance, you saw Joel Embiid tweet the other day like he wanted Ben Simmons to dunk all over Lonzo. <laughs> that was amazing, by the way. <laughs> and then Ben Simmons replied, uh, crazy pills. I don't think like uh, the uh, city people and the residents of the Delaware Valley really care, but I, I think other players are really going to go after Lonzo Ball. De'Aaron Fox is going to go after him, Malik Monk. Ben Simmons, well, that's what I'm saying. So, but but the, the, why? So somebody would definitely like every single defensive lineman in the NFL would definitely line up for. <laughs> no, right. They would be tweeting the same exact thing. <laughs> that's a good point. That, yeah. helps you. that does help make you tight. Look yeah. at that. Titus coming here. Look at that. Here. There you go, that's bud. Titus is there. I'm, I'm off the mic. I'm off the mic. He <laughs> was on my side. I was messed up, but whatever. It's right. But yeah, yeah Carson Wentz's dad's real yeah, name is Doug. Doug, Doug it's by the Doug. Way. How great is that? It, it is like as, as he said, as Titus said, it's the opposite of Levar. It's Doug and Le- so yeah, we- <laughs> that's great. Uh, Doug, Doug Wentz. Doug, also the uh, father's name of Brandon Lee Gout, who is Mr. not here. Doug Just touched down in Philadelphia airspace, Safe by the way, from sound. from Detroit. He was uh, helping uh, Axel Foley, uh, you actually, know, solve some murders. Actually, there by choice. Yeah, I don't by know choice. About that one, but for for vacation. I, I said that. To, I said that to Al Morgani. He's like. He vacationed to Detroit. Yeah, I was like, what? what? <laughs> was like, okay. what? <laughs> yeah, D- Detroit Hills Cop instead of Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> there he is. So uh, we will finally get into the expansion draft of the NFL and the Eagles players that we will protect. 888-729-9494. It's BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Um, first of all, it's an honor to be compared to James Harden. So, uh, I mean, I look at it as good. And then um, seeing myself in the future, my goal is uh, to be the best I ever play. So, I mean, that's my goal, just working hard every day to become that and um, just taking that wherever that takes me, that's that's my goal. Markel Fultz and Q-Tip, nothing better on a Saturday evening <laughs> than right here. It's BGN Radio. We're mixing in some other things, too, so we're not afraid to go elsewhere. We know it's the dead zone for football, but, you know, we got to stay on brand here. Yeah. We are we're an Eagles radio show. I've only seen one of uh Markel Fultz and Q Tip play live. I'm hoping to, I'm hoping to rectify that this upcoming six years. Well that's season. what we gotta do. Uh, once we figure out the nickname, actually, it should the all of tribe Ooh, should yeah. come out and, and announce Ooh. it to the world and then the mayor and better known in this town as Joel Embiid can finally fit. Yeah. I don't know why so many people were against the feds thing, but it, I don't know. Fine. Just let it's it come just naturally. It's not very creative to me. It feels forced. It's like, oh, the feds. Like you hear it, that, Alex Smith, who works for the Eagles? Yeah, that's James Seltzer with an S criticizing your oh, name Oh, I know, choice. Alex. I have no problem with that. <laughs> Alex, I don't like the call. I think there are better options out there. <laughs> let's go to, uh, speaking of that, let's go to Mark in Delaware. Mark, what's going on today, bud? Hey, guys. What's going on? Just got a quick question, and I'll hang up and see what you guys think. Uh this whole comparing him to James Harden thing, I just want to get your thoughts on that because he does have a lot of shiftiness to his game. So if we if we have that, what's what's the future in store for us? Thank, if we, wait, you. if, if we have James Harden, if you're saying that <laughs> J- Marco Holtz becomes James Harden, uh, not one, not two, not three, not four. <laughs> that's that's what I start immediately thinking. Honestly, yeah, it's a, it's a I, dynasty. I, I think that's a gr- it's a good comparison for his game. Just I just. Want to see what you guys think about if it'll actually turn out like that? Uh, I, I so, tell you, you know. what, Mark. I mean, the I, odds I, are I likely think, not, but I mean, it, you know, yeah. You if, hope. We're, <laughs> if we're talking about like ultimate ceilings, 
Of course. Yeah. I, I don't. I, I don't see him getting there. I mean, that's I think, a lot. But, to ask. And that's not an. Again, it's not a knock. I feel like when we try and compare play, like the. He's he plays like James Harden. Yeah, he is not James Harden, but yeah. he plays like him. So, the yeah. handle, the ability to to you know shoot from all levels, the ability to to distribute, to play off. I mean, he can do everything like like yeah. Harden does. But I mean, James Harden's an awesome basketball player. Like potentially, I mean, I think Westbrook. He's a Hall of Fame. Westbrook. Well, I Harden's mean, early, early. I mean, he hasn't played long enough. If he if he broke his neck tomorrow and never well, played, sure, again, he wouldn't be saying. Hall of Famer. Yeah, if he keeps, he's oh well, Mitch Mitch Richmond's Hall of Famer, so. It's hard to really, you know. Why you say it like that? Like Mitch Richmond. He's a nice player. That's another lefty I don't like. Not a Hall of Famer. I mean, it's crazy talk. But um, it's the same thing. I guess it's the same kind of argument with Kurt Warner or somebody like that too. No, Mitch. Oh, Mitch Richmond. No, I'm saying oh, in saying the circle yeah, yeah, of everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is this Mitch Richmond ragging? No, it's just the idea. He said he was a really nice player. What did he do to you? He's not a Hall of should have seen the hate mail. What did he do to you as a kid? He's not he a didn't give you an autograph. Famer. He's not a Hall of Famer. Here's my question now. I have something way more important to talk to you about because this is something that I've always wondered. And does it involve food? No, it involves oh. the call we just had. Oh, okay. And I'm, I mean, does it involve Mitch Richmond? No, not directly, at least. I don't know. I don't know if Richmond does this or not. Um. What's with the like? And it, the, uh, there are a lot of cars to do it. And I, I, it's not, I'm not criticizing. I just I never understood the the I'm gonna hang up and listen to your answer. It I, like why not just talk to us and listen to the answer? I don't get personally. I've never gotten maybe they that. just I've always uh, yeah. wondered it. No one's ever intruding. I think like they're yeah. They're maybe it's, it's like, like we'd love hey. to have you here. It could be a conversation. Yeah, tell me Let's why you back. think so. exactly. That's all. Yeah. I never got it. Yeah. So not criticizing. No, like, no, wonder, it's just wondering more than anything. Like, why? I like, think I think it's a form of respect. It's is just that what like, it is? Okay, I, you know, like, I don't want to take up all of the airtime. Okay, I like that. If that's I think what that's it is, why. then then I really like that. I just I always wonder that. I've heard that so many times. And I've never understood. You know, I'll hang up and listen to your answer. You can stay in listen. the same way. Because think about it. You're if, welcome. Think stay. about it if it's like a press conference. And nobody. Well, unless you're a few people in the in the media. <laughs> Uh, then, then, then nobody exactly whom are you speaking of no no name shall be named but you know you wouldn't go to a press conference and then like i have a question well i think you're wrong and here's why and here's why and here's why and here's why you know that's uh, that's how i think they look at it not that like we should have a prestige of a press conference as radio is because that's, that's ridiculous going, so. and that's not the same so but I, I think it's just trying just to be that same kind of respect con- this is our yeah. press conference i think that's how they look at DGN radio press conference <laughs> Brought to you by Mitch Richmond. Yeah, brought to, brought to you by James's hate. Uh, uh, yeah, and you know what's funny too is just like I I can't believe the amount of the Sixers obviously have all the draft buzz, right? Yeah, there was some of it. I think with the Eagles this year, people were excited. People were kind of iffy about more, Derek Barnett. Now they're getting more excited. And yeah, there was a lot to it. But I mean, there was a lot of cool crap that happened. With all fourteen, well, not the Phillies. I mean, who's gonna? I'm not. I'm not gonna jump Adam for Adam Hazley, John. Adam Hazley, Adam Hazley. Here he comes. Adam Hazley Nation. Other than that, <laughs> <laughs> for the for the other three sports, I mean, you had a jump with the Flyers last night. Shout out to the Broad Street Hockey Crew. We were down at Smith's. We were having a great time. There was, I mean, that place was packed and it was hot. It was like I was running a marathon. Just standing there, Which, by the way. Yeah, but not Whew. really running a marathon. Exactly. You're just standing, <laughs> standing there sweating like, this is great. And uh, it, it's amazing to me. Yeah, for, so you had 13 to 2. No one expected that. Well, no, 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 yeah, no, that no, was no. A, it's like uh, nobody expected. I mean, that's you can't, you can't hope to expect something yeah. like that. It's an, outrageous. An, an incredible thing. Like, for for Nolan to be here in a in a Flyers uniform is very exciting. How good, real quick, because because uh, a lot of our you know this is BGN Radio. A lot sure. of people might not know how big a hockey head you are. 
Uh, how wh- how good? Like, because I had heard a lot about Nico and the stick handling and the magic and all that. Sure. But yeah. I, Nolan, I, 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 it never seemed like I heard as much excitement about Nico or about Nolan as I did about Nico. P, you seem to be very excited about Nolan. Talk yeah, I, I am. I'm. I'm. I think they got the best player in the draft. I really do. Ooh. Now, Nico is is the type of guy that you that is always a, a, a wower. You know, like he creates, he skates beautifully, stick handling's awesome. He's a scorer too. It's all that, but just like in the same way that. So take Leonard Fournette for instance. Without a doubt, he went from being the best prospect we've ever seen. <laughs> he should sit to, out his junior year. To, they yeah, said that. Yeah, ex- he people should said sit that. out his junior year because he doesn't have anything to prove. To LSU has a crappy football team. The numbers aren't <laughs> as great. And you know what? He's not even draftable. Like it, it kind of turned to that. That's what Nolan is. He's Leonard Fournette. And without a uh, a hernia injury, that was misdiagnosed, by the way. So I, I wonder if they properly diagnosed that in time for him to have like an even better second half of the season that came through, but that didn't happen. So everybody goes, oh, I'm really concerned about a hernia, one of the most common sports injuries now in any sport, and thus I'm going to take Nico because he's wows us and he's healthy and all that stuff. I think they could be both great NHL players. I don't think they're – I don't think either one of them are going to be transcendent, but um, – Next step down kind listen, of Listen, the Flyers need a goal scorer. They got a goal scorer, all right. and that's what he does. So I'm very excited about that. The NHL also this week – which had one of the most god-awful NHL awards slash expansion drafts I've ever seen in my life. Just the slash alone is like... This is what I tell James all the time. I don't know why I constantly keep going to the NHL when it constantly (laughs) punishes me. I love the sport so much and hate the organization all at the same time. So it drives me insane. But that got us thinking, too, of... Well, what if there was an expansion draft again in the NFL? Because there's, it's it's time to come up there. It's you know you're creeping towards. There has to be some placement with this stuff. There's a lot of teams that are shuffling around. They've obviously wanted to go other places, and we'll get into that too. Uh, so I, I don't necessarily. We're not asking Jesus. It'll take forever to list ten players. But if you think the that we're going to give ten players that we would want to protect in an expansion draft that are on the Eagles. And if you disagree with with some of them, that's where we want to hear from you. 888-729-9494. Who's your first who I think there are there are five obvious ones. Yeah, right I, that we both I, have. Yeah, I I mean look, yeah, we could say Jordan Hicks, we could say Alshon yes. Jeffrey, we could say Lane yes. Johnson, we could say Carson Wentz, we yes. could say Fletcher Cox. Those are the five who I think are automatically off the Correct. board. Yes. And I'm and I'm pretty sure we're both going to say Derek Barnett off the board. Correct. Yeah, okay. he's so he's that's protected. Six Easy ones for me. After that, it gets a little tougher. Do you want me to give you my four? You want to go one for one? How Let's go one for one. All right. I, I think Brandon Brooks has to be on that list. Wow. Somebody I did not have on my list. Wow. I did not, I did not protect him. Oh, my goodness. Did not protect Brandon oh, Brooks. You don't care about the old line, John. Uh, it's, it, I do. I it's know, just. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, kidding. <laughs> I, I think I'm not, I'm not trying to. Di- Brandon Brooks is going to be amazing. Uh, I, I don't think guards are that important. Yeah, so I, I don't I'm gonna, either. I'm but say, that's okay. fair. Okay. So I got Brooks. Who do you got? Give me one. Uh, here is, uh, this is one I debated myself for a long time. I'm, I'm protecting Malcolm Jenkins. Yeah, I did too. So I've got, okay, there we so go. that's my next one. So give me another. Uh, I'm protecting Sidney Jones. Ah, well, we, so, so, uh, Brandon Brooks, the only difference I agree. So get, we're going well, we to have, have to, one other difference. I, right, Sidney Jones couple, is on my list. Okay. I, well. a, I think we have a couple other differences actually. Well, we're down to as of right more. now, we, yeah, but I, we might have one of those two the same because I haven't revealed my last one. I'm protecting Timmy Jernigan. Well, you just ruined my list. I'm done. <laughs> those are all my guys. So we have so, one more though, right? Is well, you, so the one, point is, two, I have Brandon Brooks, three, you don't. Four, Whoever this person five, you six, have is the person I seven, don't. Otherwise, we have the exact same nine. 
I yeah, I got a huge curveball. So that's why. So Brandon Brooks was my tenth pick. Essentially, I just said it six. And pro- and uh, and now I'm like reconsidering. And now <laughs> I said Brandon Brooks. <laughs> uh, I know that he's thirty. I know that it's probably. I I, I kept Chris Maragos. What? I, I protected over Chris Maragos. Brandon Brooks. Yeah, come at me. Don't at me. Well, I will at you. I will at you over and over Brandon Brooks. I like Chris Maragos. <laughs> well, now, now, that's what I'm saying. It just, it just sounds stupid. That I just because we did this alphabetically, and I'm like, oh yeah, Brandon Brooks. Crap, that would have been <laughs> that would have been a lot better to kind of have on the. But I I, I stuck in Chris Maragos because I think that it, and honestly, <laughs> if you're gonna keep another safety on this team, it should be McLeod. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I just see, I, I think that he's Ike been. Samalo is an argument I make over, <laughs> over Chris Marcus here. I, I think that there has been, uh, without a doubt, that he's been that. I, I, I don't think his leadership skills should be, uh, you know, under underlooked on the special teams. So I think we should ask. We should really three. ask the audience. How many people would you protect over Chris Maragos? Eight Or if there's another sneaky one. That goes yeah, in who's there. your sneaky protection? I like that one. Sneaky protection I think protection Ike I think, look, I, the, the, the same argument I made for protecting Brandon Brooks, I can make the same argument to protect Samalo instead of Brooks in the sense that I I really like what I've seen from Samalo so far. I think everything you hear about him is great. He looks like he's kind of got that rogue grader mentality. Super cheap contract. Could be the next Brandon Brooks. So I, I could make an argument to keep Ike Samala. Yeah, I, I think that uh, that's what has to happen in there as, uh, as well. I want to get into... Well, some some expansion cities. Me too, as well. Because now that we've protected our list, who are they? Who's gonna kind of try and grab them? Here's we we'll go. Stephen Westchester wants to talk a little Flyers draft. Ooh. We'll do that. Steve, what's going on, well, buddy? John will do it. I'll hang out. Yeah. Hey, buddy. How, how you doing? Good. Seltzer, how are you? Good, Steve. How are you, sir? A good, pleasure. Good. Um, I want to know why Travis Sandheim. And again, I just follow uh, the Flyers. Uh, don't follow their farm team. Uh-huh. I want to know why he won't be in the lineup. Question number one. Well, uh, question he, he might two. now. <laughs> but he yeah, might go ahead. Now. Yeah, I'm just what, saying because what? because the Flyers have done uh, the other thing. The major thing that the Flyers did was they traded Brandon Shen. And first of all, hallelujah for two first rounders. I think that's an immediate steal uh, that ha- that happens. I think that starts to open the door for that pipeline that comes in and Lindblom and all those guys that s- start to come up. The more that they chunk away, I think Matt Reed's probably the next guy to. To kind of shuffle off here and do all these kind of different things where they're bringing up the, a bunch of different wingers and centers and seeing where TK is and all that other stuff. I think he's on his way. You, you think he's on his way because he had—I thought he had a higher star than uh, than Provorov. No, but well, no? I think Sandheim is, is a really—he's a great offensive defenseman, right? From what I understand, he's one of those kind of a different defender from Provorov. Good, he's he's a good skater, but um, I I thought for sure he was drafted in fourteen, Provorov in fifteen, right? So I thought for sure, but you know, he would make the lineup. I'm just wondering if something went wrong with him or or whatever. But he no, was, I think it, was, I think it's honestly just I think it's uh, slots there, Steve, and I, I appreciate it. And that's what I mean by that. Not yeah, you that gotta like, have Andrew McDonald in there. How can you not let that guy play? Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it comes down to that, and they're kind of stuck with him and and doing a lot of that different stuff, and it's just. Just going to take some time there. Is there any player in Philadelphia hated by his own fans more than Andrew McCoy? I don't think so. Right? I think He's got to be. Marcus Smith, probably pretty no, high. I don't like, think so anymore. Uh, I don't, don't even care think about him, right? Just People, a like Flyers fans really don't like Andrew McCoy. Right? That's I, what I mean. I, hate, I, and right? it's a, the problem right? is, it's not him. It's a team contract. It's the former right. GM. It's all that other different stuff. Let's go to Todd at South Philly. Todd, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Hey, how you guys doing? Good, yeah, man. Todd. Yeah, what's up, Jimmy? How you doing, bro? Pretty well. I have 
couple things really quick. Number one, I I don't agree with Malcolm Jenkins being on your temper. Wow. Whoa. I love Malcolm Jenkins. He well, is clearly you don't love him, Todd. Team. I think it's what I we're learning do. here. <laughs> my, problem is, my problem with that is we have younger assets that we need to protect because he's so old. I he is right, but Jenkins, but then who but, leads? I mean, I, obviously you're going to say Jordan Hicks is is going to take over as a leader of the defense. But still, like that is a to me. I think he's too valuable to lose, even though he's old. Even though, yeah, I I agree. In in the long the long view in the room is definitely yours, Todd. And I see where mm-hmm. you're coming from. I just think it would make an immediate impact, and it, it, with a new secondary coming in, you have to hold on to. Also him. crazy that 29 is considered so old. In in this late day and age, it is. Yeah, I was also surprised that neither of you said you would protect Brandon Graham. Also, oh, the, only right. because of Derek uh, Derek Barnett's there, Derek though. Barnett's replacement, I kept three fourths of the, of the I kinda, defensive I kind of forgot about him. To be blatantly honest, I missed I him did, on I my did. list. So it was either it was Bra- either him Bra- or Derek. Brandon Graham would be would be over Brandon Brooks on my list. So you have you okay. have corrected my list. There now. you go, awesome. and probably and definitely Chris Marigos. Definitely over Marigos too. One last thing before you cut me off. So I want to talk about Mike Grow, the Eagles wide receivers coach, oh, the impact they'll have on the Eagles this season. Mm-hmm. Are pumped. I think it's going to be phenomenal. Like I, I called you guys a couple weeks ago. I really think Aguilar's got his stuff together, especially since he's not going to be relied upon to be a number one or a number two this year. I think Grow has really set the record straight, and everything's going to go right for him this season. And I think it's going to make a huge impact on our depth at the wide receiver with the wide receivers. And I think just – I've never noticed the impact that a wide receiver coach could have on a team until hopefully the impact he has this year. Yeah, and, Todd, we pre- uh, appreciate the call, but it's, you make a lot of great points there. Uh, I – just witnessing it live, and I didn't know – I have no idea what uh, what's-his-face sounded like. Uh, Greg, Greg Lewis. Lewis. And then Bob McNell. I have no idea – no idea their coaching styles. Uh, there was a lot of people that did just from being there. I love – I just – I. Regardless, I don't have anything compared to. I love the way Mike Grow coaches these so guys. So does everybody. It seems it's. A, I'm blown away. I'm just like People every are in on Gra. Every chance you get, and every little warm up drill that they do, he repeats the same things. And first of all, the first day I saw him, he's yelling at DGB. Like, Where are your guy. eyes? Get your eyes up. There's nothing down there. <laughs> <laughs> like stuff like that. But, I I don't want to go too far and say like Nelson Aguilar will still drop balls. Let's get that out of the way He's first. Still that is going to happen. Overall, as a team, uh, with talent and with him combining those things together, I think we are going to be blown away by how many people actually catch the football. Yeah, I look, and I don't know whether, how much of a difference a wide receiver coach can make either. I think it's a really good point. I think it sh- you, theoretically it should make a difference, right? And with something I've been thinking about a lot with the NBA draft recently with what we've been talking about, you hear Chip English's name always come up. It's like, this San Antonio Spurs shooting guru. It's like, why are there not more Chip Englishes in the NBA is something that I wonder about. Why does Ben Simmons not have Chip English here teaching him how to shoot and all that? That's something I wonder about. But I think with with the kind of wide receiver, it's a similar comparison in the sense that I do think that when you look at the specifics, I think that we kind of can underrate how important those position coaches can be. They're the guys who are teaching them every single day, who are working with them over and over and over again, who are going to have the best, probably largest impact on their ability to develop or change or whatever. So, um, yeah, I, look, everybody loves grow. Like, I think that's kind of been one of those unanimous things to come out of these OTAs and minicamp was that, Mike Gross seems like he is going to make a difference. And who knows if, if he does, but 
at least watching the dude do what he does, it comes across that there's something going on there. And the same with Wilson, the defensive line coach. I don't know if he. Could, I don't know if he's good. I don't know. Which if is he's funny because we didn't see much last year from him, at least in terms of production. He was the defensive line coach last year, and none of those guys looked like they had moves. None of those guys looked like they were like doing any like coached up in any way. So it's interesting because we there's been some Chris Wilson excitement this year. Uh, I I don't know. He didn't show me anything last year. Yeah, uh, and again, I don't exactly. I. It, but I like the way he yells, and that's it's and maybe that's all coaching. It really is. I think it. No, it, there's there's definitely I'm like gonna yell again. Be a great coach. <laughs> Hire me. I think they would just run away from you, right? It's like, yeah. oh god, James. Charlie, James is yelling. Who, who at let him. Charlie Day on the field yelling at us? What's happening now? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to see, um, and for everybody to realize what kind of impact that is, because it's so it's so incredibly hard to know. What exactly a positional coach is doing, you know, it's the same thing that the Phillies are going through. Like everybody wants to fire uh, their uh, their pitching coach, all of them, uh, but, fire all of but, them, but John. like get clean the house. Same. How how are you supposed to fix that? McCannon should be you fired. Know? McClure should be fired. I believe all of this McCannon now. just needs he to say something different. He has lost the clubhouse. He has lost the clubhouse. He's lost the clubhouse. He's lost. It's the biggest crock of crap in what sports. What do you mean it's the biggest? Nobody wants to play for the guy. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why after the break. 888 You guys are great at this. It's going to be good. 94, it is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94WIP. He's lost the locker room. Yep. He's lost to the team. Yep. It's the most overrated BS thing in sports. Nah, it's it's horse manure. <laughs> uh, it, it, it is. I, I, you hear it every single year. You hear it. I mean, Doug lost the Doug lost the team last year against Cincinnati. You need to fire him. You need to move on. There's no way he can come back. Pete McCann. He's lost. He's lost the locker room. He's yep. done all that stuff. Oh, Detroit. They've lost the locker room. Like you hear it. Every single time, and then somebody always comes. Some dumb player opens his mouth. At, at the end, we knew exactly what they were running. That you hear that all the time too. It's just like, well, yeah, because they beat them in that game sixty to whatever it was. They felt like they they studied yeah, more. Yeah. They, it's whatever. Right. Oh, they crush them. Nobody loses locker rooms. Uh, not think, a, not a single person. Uh, and it, we we are so much to the that you jump onto that immediately when a team is losing and they're not responding and they're, they're losing the, worst, the same they're certain on their spots. Way to be one of the worst teams in the history of their sport because John. their talent is garbage. And it's part of it, but it's also it's the, not part of it. There's no. It. They're not playing. The, they're not. Dude, the amount of mental errors that you see with this team, the amount of uh, mistakes from night to night to night that doesn't happen with all bad baseball teams. They are not playing for the dude. The Herrera stuff. The Pat Neshek stuff. For each other. Pat Neshek throws five pitches. McCannon apparently says, "I asked him to go back out." He said he wouldn't. Neshek's like he never even talked to me about it. Like, what is that, man? Like, explain that to me. This is like that's not supposed to happen. That's the same Herrera, stuff. That- Herrera gets runs, blows through a stop sign. Like basically, he runs over Juan Samuel. And that's somehow McCannon's out. fault. No, that's somehow but that, no, Juan Samuel's fault. fault. Is that the next night Herrera's out there still in the lineup and he does the same thing? What he else he gonna do? Third. What else he gonna do? Dude, you can't. You're absolving McCannon. You can't. I mean, no. This is his, like he, he has I'm, to take I'm a we huge do the, blame here. We do he the same huge thing. Huge blame. We do the same things with McCannon right now that we're doing with Doug Peterson, that we did with Andy Reid, that we did with Chip Kelly, that we did with every single. The moment that the team blows, 
it, they've lost the locker room. No, no. The mental no, mistakes that keep not, happening. That's not what I'm it's saying. It's because they're losing. It's because no, they well, have that, that in there. That happens too. That and sure, losing is contagious. Name losing one, affects the team. Name but, one manager right now that would have this Phillies team or anybody else playing better, but, playing but, at a 500 better, baseball no, club. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, dude, like I'm telling you, they they're they're not a hundred nine hundred ten hundred eleven loss team. That's what they're playing. Like they're actually playing like a hundred twenty loss team. Like that's because it's a bunch of ragtag one year deals. The, team. the Atlanta Braves have basically the same major league roster talent-wise as the Phillies. Maybe even worse. And the Braves are 10 games better. All right? Like, the, the, the point is, McCannon is not d- getting it done. Like, and regardless, I, I agree. They're not a good baseball team. They're a bad baseball team no matter what. But stuff like this where it's over and over and over again, things where your catcher and pitching coach are ripping each other in public, things where, you know, again, Pat Neshek said he never even talked to me about it. When Odebo Herrera, you've had a, how many closed-door meetings with this guy? We've also said the same things about Brett Brown at some points throughout his tenure as a Sixers nope, head coach. Brett, yes, we have. Brett There's Brown's been plenty of people that have questioned. Brett, well, he, the, he's Brett, losing. He's making, when, listen. When? He's when? making the similar mistakes at the end of games. How many times have we heard that? They, and that makes him not a good the coach. The They're not responding to him. They were in the end of games a lot of times <laughs> when they shouldn't have been. No, it's a different thing, John. Titus, am I right or am I wrong? He's wrong. I have lost this show. <laughs> no, but you're. I mean, like, dude, like, I'm telling you, I, I'm, I. This stuff doesn't happen. Where it's like, was was the Sixers locker room coming out and talking about Brett buying his back? No, were they coming out no, and contradicting? Terrible, you had terrible communication. Things. No, that was just a terrible team of players, and he did what he could. This is this <laughs> yeah. is different, John. Ding, 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 ding. No, you're, dude, you're not listening to me. I'm telling you why it's different. Why it is different? Sure, it is a terrible team too. But all this other stuff should not be happening. His pitcher should not be saying he never talked to me when he says I asked him to go back out and he wouldn't. Odebo Herrera should not be doing this over and over and over again and be in the lineup again every night. Like, there's stuff that he how can do, you, man. How do you, you fix are an, wrong. How do you fix an attention disorder? Because that's what I think yeah, Herrera dude, is. Yeah, well, that's fine. Then you I, How do you expect it. a baseball manager to fix that? I, uh, uh, really, John? Like that's yes, you're yes I, that's exactly what I'm thinking. I think that is uh, absurd. Why is it on Herrera? It? Why is it? Why is it? Because Pete he McCann keeps making fault. stupid things. I have a, t- I have ADHD. I, I don't get picked off their base. Like I don't like. It, you can control that. Like you can control that. Like I'm sorry. I I'm know, but you, what do you want the manager to do about it? I want the manager to to do something. Hey man, sit down. Sorry, pal. But then what do you do to your lineup again? It's it's a you, rock the, and a hard you, place. You Who is batting more, six in that lineup then? You, the, you, dude, I'm telling you, man. You're like. You're arguing against something like this stuff should not be happening. Players should not be coming out and talking about the management. Players should not be coming out and criticizing. We've had two relievers already go to the press and say, this guy doesn't know how to handle a bullpen. That should not happen, man. You can't but, say but that. But that's that- tangible. That's not, that has nothing to do with like. The- but that's my point. That doesn't happen if a manager has his team. If he, if his guys believe in him, if he's got those guys, if he owns that locker room, those guys don't do that. It's true. I, I, I'll put it like this. It's I, true. I, I think management has shown that Pete McCannon needed some backing by giving him that extension. And then after that, like the team not really the getting back into way order. Worse. The team's gotten way worse. So I, I, I think sooner or later McCannon is going to be out. But there is like there's an inherent problem with this team in terms of the roster itself. Of course. That I think that we just can't blame it all on McCannon. I, I think this is an organizational thing that they have to figure out fairly well, you, almost, you almost went Canadian there. Yeah. Almost. Organi- well, well, you know, I am, I am foreign. I'm, I'm Nigerian. <laughs> I, I didn't grow up here. Uh, yes, I did. But, uh, <laughs> no, I, I think the Phillies really need to 
to take a step back and figure out what is the identity of their team. Well, the, I, it's the same. Listen, it's the same for, argument. The, the point is, the Phillies knew they were going to be bad organizationally yeah. this year. They were not planning on competing this year. Same thing with the Sixers the last few years. When so, the when the Flyers and this is an argument I always get into with Flyers fans. When the Flyers fired Laviolette. Because he lost the team, you which is exactly you why can't they did that. You can't compare hockey to any other sport. Hockey coach. Yeah, hockey is different. It's different, man. It has Gary Bettman. Well, no, I, but it's true, though. Those guys get fired all the time. It's a, it's a different sport. Like the, It is. The length of coaching. like the, But still, the, the co- philosophy like, remains the same, though, in, in the in they lost the locker room. That's that's the thing we're arguing. Right? I, dude, my, but, but my point is that, like, McCannon has. Like, I don't know what you're trying to say here. Like, I, I'm, I'm saying sure, that I think it probably gets could, overused in a lot of cases, but Pete McCannon has lost this locker room. That's what I'm trying to say to you. It, it would If it was Larry Boa who was just doing this, he would have lost – the the locker room. Sure, at this if point, he had, or whatever. But the point is, baseball I, is a weird sport. It's 162 games. History speaks. When thing, these types of things happen, when teams get this bad and they do make a change like that, it usually it usually has some sort of an effect. Just to have a different voice, just to have a different person at the head, it 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 always seems to work. At least enough where the team is not playing epically all time bad baseball. Okay, here's the question then, John. All right, go ahead. What do you think would resolve this? If you don't think that McCannon is the issue and he hasn't lost the locker room, what can be done to resolve this whole situation? Wait three years. That's the only thing. The only solution to solve the Phillies' problem and to solve anything that has happened in the Philadelphia. You can't ignore the the, the lack of coaching, the lack of development. Right, but what are you trying to accomplish? Because these guys aren't, none of these guys are developing other than than an Altair. Look, here's the thing. Look, Pete McCannon is the reason, the whole reason they gave him a contract extension, right? So he's not a lame duck heading into the end of this year. So that essentially means they're either going to fire him at the end of the season or sign him to a longer contract so he's not going to be a lame duck again going into next year, right? Are they giving him a contract extension after this year? Absolutely not. So why wait? Actually, it's a better question for James because what do you want them to do differently? Like, what? Who else is? Who else is going to come in here and and make the situation better? I, uh, anybody? I'm saying they they need to That's change. What I'm saying I'm it's just you. like, well, this guy lost the locker room, yes. and then they need him, to move get on. Get Larry Boa the interim for the rest of the year and find someone new at the end of the season. And yes. I think in sports, especially here, you didn't hear you didn't hear the GM's name called out. Well, except for maybe us two, you, <laughs> didn't, you, you didn't hear the GM called out all last year. You heard Doug Peterson get called out. Look, with uh, that wide receiving core, with that garbage that was on the field, that they were just like, "Well, yeah, you got to win. You have no running back, but you got to win. I'm, I'm you got you got to beat up offensive, but look, you got to win." I'm saying the Phillies, the Phillies are like we're always going to lose. I'm saying the way they are going about losing is not okay. You can't. See, not that play. is that sounds exactly like Brett Brown. I'm telling you, man. I never said the, that once. But about the Brett Brown. I'm what just are you talking about not like, you in general. That, uh, in the general conversations so, that we have about, but the difference with everybody knew that Brett Brown was coaching a team that was not an NBA team. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So if you know that Pete McCannon is coming in here. And they are not You're going not to win. You're not listening to me, dude. You're not listening to me. There's a big difference between being a 90-loss team and being a 110-loss team. That's what I'm talking about. a big about. difference there, between when you go 1 and 30, no there's a difference there. They're an awful team no matter what. I'm saying that they're worse than they should be and that McCannon is making it worse. That's what I'm saying. I don't know how they win more baseball games. I don't know how they do anything else without having more talent on the field. With guys that can actually close out a baseball game, when you get when you have guys like Ramos that are that are just literally giving away games. When you have, you know, just Dude, they've lost millions of different they've lost talent. Seventeen one run games. Uh, I, like they could win more games. Like they're they're a really bad team, but they're not one of the worst teams in the history of baseball. 
That's my point. They are playing like and acting like one of the worst teams in baseball. They are finding ways to lose. They are making mistakes night in and night out that are not like I, I like. I don't think this is really a question. Like Pete McCann has done nothing to help this team win. And granted, yes, they're not good, but your manager should still be doing something for you to try and win baseball games. You should still be developing guys. He should still have some sort of control but over who, that team. Who is there to develop? There's who's still guys, there to replace? Than- the pitching staff. Like, there are still guys who, who theoretically should be parts of the future here. Herrera. Like, these are guys who should be parts of the future. Like, just because the, it's not only the Meyer Leagues. Like, there are still guys here who are worth developing, who are worth, you know, push, like, seeing if they could be a part of it. Like, Aaron Nola should be a part of the future. Like, there are still guys here. And that's part of the staff, though, too, right? I mean, Larry Bow has a part I think Bob McClure should get fired, too. That's what I'm saying. Like, what does that do? Bob McClure has not made a single person better. Not one person under Bob McClure has developed, has gotten better at his job. See, these are all – that's what I'm saying. We go into this thing where we – it's the same thing that we did with positional coaches here with no talent. It's very and different, we, it, it, and it's, the it, pitching staff I don't was think it's that much different. This pitching staff is not like there are guys who are major league pitchers on this staff. Like they have guys who can be twos, threes, fours, fives in major league baseball. They're not pitching like it. Jared Eikhoff is a lot better than what we've seen him be this year. Like how, who, like you can't just let things happen and not hold anybody responsible at any point. That's the point. no, no. I'm saying that we don't we don't talk enough about what's on the field, and it usually goes through the coach. Oh. And then we use phrases like "he's lost the locker room." But, That's my whole argument. It has been ever since. I, it you, never goes to the GM. It never goes to the no, anybody I'm else. I'm saying that we knew they were going to be a really bad team. They're way worse than that, and the way they're losing is is not like I'm telling you, man. Like I don't know how you're arguing me with, on this. <laughs> I answer, uh, be, because no, the team is terrible, and there's no way to fix that. None. Zero. Doesn't Does that, matter who okay. you bring in here. Does that mean that it's okay for them to play bad baseball, to make mistakes no, every single night, to not be well coached? That's on the players. Okay. What? Are you serious? <laughs> How is it that's not on the coach it is, to, to it develop is more, these guys and make them play better? Do you I know think, how many teams are not talented? I think this is where we're at. You both disagree with each other. Do you know other? how many teams <laughs> are not talented? There are teams. The Braves, like I said, they're an awful team. They're 10 games better than the Phillies. How do you explain that? They might have a worse major league roster than the Phillies. I have no idea. I do, because they don't have Pete McCannon as their head coach. 888-729-9494. Last segment of BGN Radio. Vince Quinn coming up at 6 p.m. We'll do some crossover stuff with him right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. It is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Uh, the machetes not put down yet. <laughs> Went to war. It was good. I liked it. John Barcher, James Seltzer here uh, with you. Vince Quinn joining us at 6 o'clock, and then he's got uh, leading off at 9. He'll take you into the West Coast trip, the Phillies, which is which is fantastic <laughs> because uh, nothing nothing uh, nothing better than staying up late and watching, <laughs> watching these guys come in here. Uh, let's go to Bob in South Jersey. Bob, what's going on, buddy? Hello. What's up, bud? Hello. Hey. Um. <laughs> great topic. Thanks, Bob. What I think, and this is what I would do. You already paid out all the money. Let's take all these people that are up here and send them down there. <laughs> you talking about the Phillies? Yes. Oh yeah, I'm with and you. And bring all them. Let, coaches, let the Lehigh Valley team play up here. Up I'm with here. you. And. See what happens. Miami did it. 
They brought your own kids up constantly every year and won, won everything. I think the coaching up here has went. It's atrocious. It's atrocious, Bob. I'm not. I'm not defending that. Yes, Pete you were. You a, love Pete no. McCannon. <laughs> <laughs> Bob, I, I, I must have screamed two or three times now in the press conference. Even what was the one last week where where he's just asking about? It was after Herrera blew the thing with with Juan Samuel when he blew right through it. Oh yeah. And and a, and a reporter asked him. What is, uh, are the mistakes finally getting to a boiling point? He's like, well, which mistakes are you talking about? Oh, my God. I was like, you got to be kidding, he was on man. With, he was on with Angelo on, uh, what was it, Thursday or Friday, and Angelo goes, hey, Pete, you know, what's going on? And he just goes, nothing. <laughs> it was just like, all right, this guy is not happy right now. I, I no, like I like you your idea, though, You happy. You know, you, we got diehard fans in this city, and they'll put up with a lot of crap, but you got, somebody should have been fired by now. To me... I think that's what they should have done. Send everybody down there, bring everybody up here, and let's see what happens. They would go. They would go. They would go. Owen one sixty two is what happens. More than likely, up here, and they destroy. Nah, it's them. too long a sport. Yeah. They would go. They would go. Thanks, Bob. They, if you brought, if you switch the teams for you, you brought up Lehigh Valley up here. They would probably go like twenty and one forty two. <laughs> it's the same. Is what we really have. Twenty it's, might be high, but it's a baseball's a tough. You'd win a few. Oh, you'd yeah. have it. You'd have Tom Eshelman throw a gem or something. Something would happen, but like, man, that is not an answer. It's uh, it's the same like. <laughs> It's like <laughs> we should have. Could Kentucky beat the Sixers? Yes. Like, no, oh, they could God, not. They man. could not. Come on now. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a it's a bad one. But Titus was talking. You know, it's it's interesting though. When you look at it, don't all four sports teams basically have lame, like without a doubt, PB Cannon's not going to be here. I I know that. And again, I'm not trying to defend him. I'm 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 saying the losing the locker room thing is. I think it might be appropriate. I don't know if Pete wants the locker room, first of all. Yeah, Pete just might be like, I'm good, man. I got my money. I'm going to put my feet up. I don't even care. But you got four lame duck coaches. Great point. I mean, for the most part. How funny is it to think that the guy who's lost like 270 games or whatever it's been over the last four years, Brett Brown might have the most job security of any coach in this city. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And it's amazing. It's amazing. Because Doug's only going to get really a second year. At least I know that's your theory. Yeah. Well, I think play. You know, like playoffs or improvement, or he's gone. If they're seven and nine again, Doug's gone. <laughs> and, and see, like, I think. Well, I think the same for Brett Brown this year. I think if he is hovering around thirty-eight games, see ya. No way. Thirty-eight. It's a new that's general. A man- lot of wins. It's a new man. general manager. That's it's a, a general manager. Game improvement. A general manager goes. You know what? I'm okay. I'm going to find my own guy. Oh, you talking about Colangelo? Yeah. Why wouldn't he? No, any, any new GM wants their own guy, true or, true or untrue. I, I think, true, I think but... Colangelo wants his own guy. He'll he'll back Brett Brown up to a point. I think they're going to get – I think Brett's got two years to work this out. Two years? Mm. So, But but <laughs> in, in lame duck terms, you are right. That's the most job security yes, right now. Yes, that's what I mean. It is. <laughs> they could, I mean, they could all be gone. Like McCannon, I'm saying, could be gone any day or at the end of the season. Yeah. Doug, as we've discussed, if they go home four or home five, Doug's gone. You yeah. know, or whatever. And and Haxtell's way way on the hot. He's, he's probably he's the, got hottest the hottest seat. seat. If if the Flyers were playing right now, yeah, exactly. If the Flyers were playing right now, it'd be like who goes first? <laughs> you know, yeah, it'd be a nice. Right, it'd be a oh, fantastic Vegas odds on that. Oh. Uh, Ooh, real quick, Vegas Knights. Yeah. Hey, there. there we go. Let's go quickly, Christopher in uh, Mount Airy. Christopher, what's going on, pal? 
Yo, okay. how you doing? Good, man. Listen, thanks for having my call. Listen, if I could just add my two cents. I hear everything that's being said, but there's a way that even a bad team plays for a good head coach. A good head coach is a motivator. He's like a father figure, someone to look up to. And there's just a pride. Like the mistakes that these guys are making for McCannon, they're just, they don't care. They don't, they don't care about the guy. It's not even that they don't care about the guy. They just don't care. Yep. Mm-hmm. I agree. But I, I, I'm just, yeah, I, I agree with that, Christopher. I, I, also, I just think like, okay, let, let's put you back in 1989 for a second. Cowboys go 1-15. in 15. Jimmy Johnson right. a good head coach? Did he lose the locker room? It was his first I, year. I bet you they did. They said that though. Year. If you go one in fifteen, if if Doug Peterson went one in fifteen in his first year here this year, what what would we have said? We wouldn't have said did he lose the locker well, room. We just say he's a crappy coach. <laughs> is what we'd say. Well, listen, this is this is kind of my point. It's not even about the record. Like I said, you can have a bad team, but it's just the way you play. It's the way you approach the game. It's the way the guy in front of you, the coach, the yes. manager, whoever inspires you to do better, to do what you're supposed to do. That's it's right. It's kind of like, all right, remember when we were younger and you used to get in trouble because you didn't do your chores? Oh, I never got in trouble. Well, Me either. No, I'm just okay. kidding. Of course, my, I, of course my, I did. My of course, right of course. Here and she can vouch <laughs> right? for the fact that I never got in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, okay, you didn't do your chores. Now you're on punishment, but you're still going to do your chores. You would do your chores, but you would do it in a piss poor way. Yeah, yeah, I got. Yeah, I got you, Christopher. That's yeah. a, I, that's a, I think it's a fair point, but it's just I, I don't know. I Chris think, was speaking truth. I God. think we it's the way they're losing. Vince it's not Quinn, just that they're losing. Vince the Quinn is coming to town. We can have it. Maybe we can we can we sell this a little bit. True or untrue? As sports fans in general, we use the term "lost the locker room" way too often. Oh, I wasn't arguing that. that that's Ooh. been my point since but forever. I was just saying that people. <laughs> Lost locker room, and you're fighting me on it. Vince, you're I think free Pete to answer the question. Has lost the locker room. That was what I'm saying. Playing the part of Vince Quinn is uh, Chief Sutton. <laughs> yes, um, it gets thrown about early. Yeah, that usually I would say it's early, and it's before players are really speaking out or fighting the manager. Like there's times when you know, um, Demarco Murray on the plane next to Jeffrey Lurie saying. Jeff, I'm not getting the ball. What am I doing here? Yeah. You've probably lost the ro- the locker room. Like I can get that. Yeah. Uh, and Chip was fired shortly after. So I can understand that. Uh, yeah, generally, I would say it's probably used early. Yeah, like when your pitcher says that he didn't get asked to go back in when you say you did ask him to go back in and he said no. Oh, I don't know. Kind of sounds like you lost a lot. Maybe, maybe a communication problem there. Sure, that's what it was. <laughs> uh, so uh, the other thing I wanted to ask, because I know you had written an article on BJNRadio.com not too long ago about expansion. And do you think it has to go international? We protected our 10 Eagles folks here. We didn't get into the cities. Yeah, well, and let's get into that list real quick because I listened on the way in. Yeah, and, give it to him. Oh, my God. Give Chris Maragos? <laughs> yeah. Why? I, Why, John? Special teams ace. Ridiculous. Third safety. Ridiculous. I don't know what was your worst take. Handsome. That or the people Big can't 10. A lot of reasons. Handsome. Big you know, ten. I'll t- just handsome. because you said handsome. 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 He's, not, he's like a, Listen, he's a no, fine looking guy. He's like a seven. Yeah. He's a seven. Yeah, I don't Ish. know. I don't he's know. like more like a five, I would think. I don't wow. know. Listen to that. Oh, Listen, man. Wisconsin, I, he's a seven. I don't have a hot take. <laughs> is, does Maragos have the man bun? No, he's no, bald. No, he's bald. He's, he's bald. Nothing. He's got he's nothing. Like oh, I'm thinking of Bramon. All right. Yeah. So 
Yeah, come on, man. Now I'm far more interested in discussing who is good looking on the team. Now. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> there go. All right, eight 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 seven two nine. Which Eagles hot? But see, like Zach Ertz, both of both, both of us right? agree that if you're going to expand immediately, it's Mexico City. Yep. Regardless of U.S. U.S. City. you go to Mexico City right now. Real quick, yeah. We, I think I was going to say, what were your two in America that you did come up with? Oh, uh, uh, I shoot, I forgot to do that. Mine are <laughs> mine are Portland and Austin. Portland, Oregon, and Austin. Austin being first. Never, oh man, I think it's. Too, I think I'm going to say no on both. Wow. I think Austin's too close Austin's to the. Austin's one of the fastest growing cities in the country. Man, I don't it know. Portland, Portland's too close. Portland's too. huge. The Pacific Northwest is like booming. So I don't know. I'm going to Portland for the first time this summer. I'll let you know. Oh, excellent. I'll make, you I'll make a decision. I'll decide. You're handing out flyers. Yeah, Are you I'll interested say, in the football team? I'll, yes or no? I, it will come down to Please. what I think, and I will say NFL. We're going to Portland, or we're not. U.S. Oh. City. Uh, U.S. City. I'd go back to St. Louis. Yeah, actually, yeah, we talked. Well, we we said we're not kind of going. Adjust- yeah, we were Am like, I, okay, we were I'm like, cheating the game yeah, here. Yeah, we said no Oakland, no San Diego. We should have said no St. Louis. Yeah, we should have said. Yeah, I would choose Orlando. Orlando's kind of a good one. Was how many? On no, list, how, no, no, <laughs> no, you can't go to Orlando. You call them the Orlando Mickey no. Mouse's. Let's roll. Yeah, how let's many do it. football teams can you possibly have in the state of Florida? I went Texas, yeah, so that you'd have the Dolphins, the Jaguars, the Buccaneers, that's true. It's, it's and, and a Orlando oh, team. You know yeah, the thinking? Orlando Mice. I know where we're going. Yes, yeah. we're going to Oklahoma City. Yeah, no, no. You just yeah. Yeah, 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 let's give Clay let's, Bennett let's give him, more money. Let's he give him four steals to four. the Sonics, and then we're going to reward no, that's where, the right, guy. We that's moved where, the skins there, I, I, and then Kirk Cousins leaves yeah. Oklahoma City, <laughs> Oklahoma City <laughs> to go to Oakland. Oklahoma I want, City is awful. Little uh, Rock, a nice city though. Little Rock. Let's go to Des Moines. Uh, apparently, we're apparently I, we're Iowa Homer. <laughs> apparently Justin Forsett is holding his mini camp with Ooh. Seneca Wallace. Uh, the- <laughs> Seneca Wallace. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Tori Smith was making fun of it, and I was dying laughing. It was. It was As awesome. He should be. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. No. Oklahoma City, and you just allow Cuban to own an NFL team just to you know piss off the Thunder. Well, I, I think like that, that would be idea. Fan. I want Cuban to own an NFL yeah, team so wherever I. it is. What about Honolulu? Ooh. <laughs> I'm sure everybody would like that. All that Pro Bowl excitement just boils over into we mean we need to have a team. Yeah, yes. no doubt. Vince Quinn, what you, uh, what do you have for us? Well, I don't know if you heard about this, John. The Sixers drafted the other day. What? Is that I true? Mean, yeah, it's true. It's true and they had the first pick. I don't know if that's good or not, but I heard it happened. Wow. Yeah. No, this is uh, breaking, but, did, did, we should have had a breaking news sound or something. Where were we? Yeah, that's from Woj. Um, <laughs> Woj, so, it's gospel. The NBA draft has happened. Yeah. <laughs> no, but the the draft, and at this point, it's just the way everyone's reacting. Like, okay, looking at this Sixers season coming up, you're wearing a Sixers hat, John. What do you, how many wins this year for the team? Uh, I got them at, I'm 42. Damn. 42. 35. 35. And Maybe see, 36. Okay, and second question for you. How many games for Embiid? Uh, I'm going to say 50 plus. 50 plus. Wow. I'm, I'm, I would say like Very optimistic. 45, 50, and I still am low on the wins. 45, if, if let's you, say. If you give me 50 games 45. of Embiid, this is a playoff team. And, John, I was with you 24 hours ago, and now I think you're an idiot. Wow. And I, and I was, too. I was, wow. too. I was you're dumb. You're an idiot. That, We're all that idiots. strong work. He did say Chris Marigo, so I can kind of get behind <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, uh, you earned it. Yeah, this title is well. It's boiling it's the, rage. Listen, it's the heat, fellas. It's the humidity <laughs> is driving my brain nuts. And, uh, well, very interesting thoughts. Vince will take your calls at 888-729-9494. This has been BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP.